Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You know, guys, I started to think that the exploitation of security flaws is equally important in the field of software engineering to the advancement of the field itself to become better. Because think about all these genius attacks. Without it, we would not have invested enough to make the technology better, to make the technology more secure, to learn about ways to mitigate these attacks. And HTTP compression is one of them. The ways that security researchers found to exploit HTTP-specific compression and TLS compression to extract cookies, JWTs, encryption keys, and more from, from this feature, might I say. The feature of compression, it's not a bug. The fact that we have something getting compressed gives you clues to extract information which reveals a very inform- a very very critical thing i give you an example this 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 suite of attacks are called side channel attacks there's a timing attack caching attack compression attack the idea here is and i'm going to quote someone i forgot his name but he he did a good job explaining this. Imagine you're trying to log in and uh, you, you put a password, but the password is wrong. Imagine the server telling you, hey, that by the way, the first two characters of the password are correct, but the third is wrong. Imagine, imagine if the server says that. Sounds dumb, right? This is very explicit and to your face telling you, hey, the third character is wrong. But what if... There are things that gives you these kind of clues. It's just implicit and they are there. You just need to look for them. This is what happened in HTTP compression. I'm going to talk in this video about the crime. Compression, ratio, info, leak, made easy. This, this reminds me of uh, Michael Scott, an episode of uh, the Crime Aid episode. Crime reduces innocence, makes everyone angry, I declare. So in this video, I'm going to talk about the why we no longer compress headers, HTTP 1.1 headers on requests and on responses for that matter. And why we no longer compress 
TLS almost. We stopped compressing TLS uh, packets. And we're going to also discuss some mitigations and solutions, uh, such as initiative V2, they solved with HPAC and in quick QPAC. These are stateful ways to compress by storing some sort of dictionary on the server, right? And the TLS padding uh, RFC that essentially try to ambiguate, try to give less information to the server as possible. So we're going to start with the danger of compressing HTTP 1.1 headers or just HTTP headers in general. When the HTTP headers, guys, contain sensitive information, such as the JWT that you sent, such as cookies, such as session IDs, right? And when someone get access to these session IDs, these GWTs, they can make requests on your behalf very easily. And then basically they can impress it into you. So we try not to share this information with anybody, obviously, that goes without, without saying. But that's why we encrypt, right? We have TLS for that, HTTPS, it's encrypted. Nobody in the middle can see what's going on. So why do we care if we compress, it's just compressing. That's compression is good, right? The smaller the packet, the better, right? And when we compress, when we compress, we become more efficient, right? Less packets, uh, obviously, less network bandwidth and stuff. And these headers can get really big. And here's the attack that someone found. It's called crime. So that compression ratio info leak made easy. The flaw was found in protocol HTTP 1.1 and the speedy protocol, which is the prior HTTP2 version before it was called HTTP2, it was called Speedy. There was a flaw in the header compression that essentially made people, attackers in the middle, figure out those cookies. Let's explain how this is done. So let's say you're going to, you go to facebook.com and you log in. Facebook is going to place a cookie on your browser so that subsequent requests to facebook.com will send that cookie in the header field, right? In the cookies header field. That, so that Facebook can, rec can recognize you, right? Because the web is stateless. We need cookies. Now let's say I am a shady person. I own evil.com as a website. And I sent you this link. And in my HTML file, there is a get request that goes to facebook.com. This is called a cross-site request. So my request to facebook.com it does not did not originate from the first party it originated from a third party which is evil.com it's called a, also called a cross cross site request and your browser will say hey we're going to facebook.com yeah it's a cross site request but i have cookies let's send them so we send those cookies i, I won't go into details like what type what type of cookies will be sent there there is the same site property that i'm gonna reference here to learn more uh like what kind of cookies will be sent? Only same certain cookies will be sent. And Google tried to solve this problem. Because I own evil.com, I can make unlimited requests to facebook.com. And let's say I, as also an attacker, have direct access to your traffic. So your traffic flows through me. You might, you might say, Hussein, how does that happen? Uh, people have done it before. Uh, forging the gateway uh, or poisoning if you're in a starbucks uh, and you for uh, you poison the arp cache so that all the packets goes to 
a certain machine before it goes to the router's gateway, right? So that it flows. So it's, it's in the path. And there's many other ways to do it. So let's say we assume I am in the path. So I have two information. I made you visit evil.com. So I know you're going to be sending a lot of requests to facebook.com. And I'm your path. So I can see the packets. Might, as, might I say these packets will be encrypted because uh, TLS, right? Everything is encrypted. So I can't see what you're sending. But Here's what I'm going to do. I have control over these requests that I, that that you that I can send from your machine, right? I can essentially inject more headers into the request because I can do whatever I want, right? So let's let's take an example here. Let's say the cookie is let's say that the cookie that Facebook has set on your uh, machine is ABC123. That's the session that's your session ID. And I, my goal as an attacker, I want to extract this ABC123 despite it being encrypted. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to inject random stuff to your, to your request. So I'm going to let you send the request normally. And then I'm going to measure the TLS packet that you, that's, getting, that's getting sent on my way. It says, okay, this is 100 bytes. Okay, this is 100 bytes character. Let it go. Now... The second request that I'm going to send, again, I have JavaScript, I control evil.com, so I can send as many Facebook requests as much as possible, right? So and then I'm going to send another request. I'm going to inject in the headers some arbitrary values. Let's say I'm going to inject uh, the letter A, okay? Just one character. So I injected A. Now... Because now injected, what, what the layer 7 will do, it will compress the headers, right? When you try to compress it, then, oh, A and ABC, there are two characters that are duplicated, so I'm going to compress it. So all of a sudden, you compress the content. So now if you go, if you send away, if you, if you send that request, the content will be not 100, but it will be less. I'm not going to say 99, it's going to be somewhere less. So that tells me that I just sent the same request, but I just added more characters and the length became less. That means that the content that I sent, that I injected, has common letters, have common bytes with the session cookie. Ah, that means, oh, that means the cookie has the letter A in it. And then I try another letter. Okay, let's try AC then. Okay, C is not part of it, so you're going to start seeing still 98 characters. Then you inject B. Oh, A, B, A, B, all right, cancels each other. We're going to reduce the compression a little bit more, and then we send it over. And we say, oh, that compression went to 96. That means B is also a common character. And then you do this over and over again. Uh, if, if, the, if the size increased, that means you did something wrong. If the size decreased, that means you just matched some of the characters with the cookie or other parts of the letters. That means you have to remove noise as much as possible uh, to make this attack work. And one character at a time, you can deduce the full JWT. You can deduce the full cookie. And then essentially once you know the cookie, you can make requests on, on behalf of the user. That's essentially crime. It is a crime. <laughs> it is genius if you think about it. And that's why there was no solution to this. People still figuring how to solve this problem. What did what did uh, SPD and HTTP1 do? They disabled header compression. They just said, F it. We cannot fix this. We will stop the header compression. You cannot compress anymore. So header HTTP11, if you use HTTP11, 
you can't compress anymore. Com the moment you compress, you will face this problem, okay? Which is the crime attack. So another variation is called breach, which stands for browser reconnaissance and exfiltration via adaptive compression of hypertext. I swear to God, security researchers are so smart, but the names and the acronyms they come up with, my God. Just so they can say breach, they made up this word so that half of the people reading this won't understand what it means. Like, I didn't understand what, what the heck is reconnaissance. And some people say, Hussein, you don't know what reconnaissance mean. It's so easy, man. Okay, I'm sorry. Pretty sure if you stop someone with a native speaking English and you tell them what reconnaissance mean, I bet you they won't understand what that means. Okay, what the hell does reconnaissance mean anyway? Reconnaissance means, oh, in military operations, reconnaissance or... I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm butchering. Reconnaissance. 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 In military operation, reconnaissance or scouted is the exploration outside the area occupied by a friendly forces to gain information about natural features, natural features, and other activity in the area. It's just a reconnaissance, man. Reconnaissance, so easy. So easy, reconnaissance. There you go. Reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. Okay, we just learned a new word today. All right. Okay, so that's another attack. So you might say, let's say, wait a second. You can't say we cannot compress an HTTP2 because I send requests and I see the transfer encoding, the content encoding. What is it called? There's this content encoding, and I, I'm pretty sure there is a gzip, compress, deflate, braille, and all these compression algorithms. So, so how come you're saying that HTTP doesn't have compression? It does. Well, there's two types of compression. There is compression of the headers, which is no, no, in HTTP 1.1. We're going to come to HTTP 2 in quick in a minute. But they just don't compress at all. And there is the response body compression. So when we, when we talk about this content encoding algorithm, these are applied to the body, not the header. We don't compress the headers. We compress the body. And you might say, isn't that the same problem? Of course. But guess what? Response coming from the server... Attackers normally don't have, uh, they don't have access to that first, and they don't have control to do this cross-site request version that we talked about. They don't have that. So it's not easy to do it. So we safely, quote-unquote, safely do that until someone come up with a, with a variation of crime that applies to the response body, and then we will be uh, effed at that, at that point. People compress the response body. People request the request body because usually... There aren't useful, uh, there aren't secure, sensitive information in the request and response body. But if you're sending sensitive information in the body, just be careful of a crime. If you have compression enabled, just be careful of that. People take this for granted. Okay, let's come to the mitigation. What people did to solve it, because... Guess what? If you compress, if, if compression based on the number of occurrence of characters, we're screwed, right? Because that's just like a timing attack where, hey, if it takes, if it takes three milliseconds to, to check my password and then I put another password and it took five milliseconds, that means 
I got some of the characters right, right? That's how timing attacks work. Same thing with the caching attacks. It's all working based on the side channel explaining features. So how do we do that? How do we solve them? How do we solve this? Smart people in HTV2, they came out and says, okay, we're going well, to, well, headers are big. Headers are big. Headers are thick. T-H-I-C-C. They're so thick. So we still need to compress them. So how do we compress those thick headers? We're going to say, okay, how about if we build a table? It's just a table. Hey, this string of characters equal this byte. And then you replace it. It's not really compression. It's just, what do, you, what do, what do kids call it these days? Key value store. Yeah? It's a key value store. And then we maintain this table on the server and on the client, and they can exchange this information very nicely. That will work, and thus HPAC work, uh, was born. HPAC, which is the HTTP2 algorithm to compress, right? and the QPAC version, and I'm going to make another video about HPAC and QPAC. Why do we need two algorithms? Because HPAC was relying on a feature, which is a bug, really, on HTTP2, which is the head-of-line blocking of TCP stack, to... Uh, to, to, to the order of the headers matter, right? But the quick, there's no order because uh, we figured that out, right? With UDP and we made stream 12 can finish before stream one. We don't have to wait for the whole thing, right? That's that's the bug in HTTP 2, essentially. The head of line blocking at the TCP level. So yeah, so HPAC and quick, they, they maintain tables. And then the client and server has a dedicated uh, stream to exchange information about the compression so abc123 for the facebook cookie will correspond to a byte right and then no matter what's how many stuff you inject as an attacker if you try to apply crime it won't work because i'm not gonna use that to compress the content no no we're not really compressing so another mitigation for generally http with tls is to to confuse the f of the attacker it was like by doing something called tls padding so that don't reveal the length of the packet or maybe reveal it but if we really compress something let's just add more information da, 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 da. just 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 add more information right so that we pad it so it doesn't give clues that oh we just decrease the number of bytes in this packet by inserting this we just confuse them as much as possible you might say hussein so does that mean you have to move to http2 to 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 take, take advantage of header compression and compression in general well you still can compress if you want http1 on this condition because attackers usually perform crime using cross-site request forgery why going to evil.com and sending requests to facebook.com you can either use same site cookies, right? If you use same site cookies and set them to lax or strict, that means it's going to only be restricted to, uh, to, to first party sites. That means if you're going to Facebook, we're going to see send the Facebook ABC123 cookie. If you're going to shady.com, we're not going to send that. That also means that advertisements and tracking are shut down, which is a good thing, I guess. <laughs> that means we can safely turn on header compression when 
we are not in a cross-site position, right? Because if we're not a cross-site, that means the attackers cannot do this stuff. I'm going to take that a little bit back. Because <laughs> that most of the time is safe. The only thing that is not safe in this case is, you guessed it, cross-site scripting, XSS. That means I wouldn't turn on header compression in HTTP 1.1, even if it's not cross-site, because of XSS, cross-site scripting. Because I can go to Facebook.com and, uh, well, Facebook, I think, turned off inline scripting, and they have content security policy, so you don't have that. But, but let's say you're your own bank. But yeah, forget about Facebook. Let's say you're a normal bank, all right? Normal bank that's not sophisticated enough to know all these security tricks and content security policy and inline disabling inline scripting and all that stuff. So uh, people can inject an XSS script into the site itself. So the script will be executing from the first origin. So the browser will just trust it. Say, hey, you're making a script from me. I trust you. I'll send the cookie. And then a crime can happen. Again, guys, it's very... Final to, to finalize this video. It's not, it's not easy to execute that stuff. But it is possible. Side channel attacks are, are, are scary. That's what I wanted to discuss in this video. I hope you enjoyed this video. I'm going to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome. Goodbye.